it takes a couple years before, even before you know what you're doing. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain What are the most important tools for creating your own book? Where should you self-publish your own book? And what are the most effective techniques for promoting a newly published book? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's special guest, Derek Murphy. Well, Derek's a best-selling author and book design expert and has been a leading voice in how to use design to sell more books. He's also finishing his PhD in literature while running over a dozen book and publishing-related online businesses. So, Derek, tell me a little bit about the software that you recommend to produce books. A lot of people recommend Scrivener. Scrivener is a word processing software that's specifically for books. And it's a little easier than Word because inside of Scrivener, you can organize different chapters and you can make notes and you can make kind of a bulletin board for to collect ideas or research so that you have everything for your book together in one place. And then you can go through and edit it. And Scrivener also has a pretty good export to Kindle or EPUB. So for making ebooks from your Word content, it's a lot of people like it. I wouldn't use it to format print books because I think people use Scrivener to finish the book and to write it. And you could do an okay ebook because ebooks are really simple. It's basically just text. But to design the interior, you should match the style with the book cover. So you should use the same fonts. And it's important to have everything laid out well and very professionally. You can use Microsoft Word for that, but um, Adobe InDesign makes a much cleaner looking book. Like the book cover, it's just it's very difficult to do yourself. If you're going to do it, you want to find a nice-looking template where you can just use this, something to start with and just tweak it and add your content rather than just making it up as you go or trying to do it from scratch. So is this something, again, that um, you'd recommend people generally to outsource and perhaps they should just focus on writing the content themselves on, on, on something as simple as Word and then uh, getting someone else to put things together um, in a visually appealing manner using software that's um, more appropriate for publishing, that knows what they're doing? I would. Um, the problem, though, is if you pay someone else to make an, a Kindle or an EPUB, or if you pay them to lay it out in Adobe InDesign, you won't be able to make changes to those files. And almost 99 times out of 100, the book isn't really finished when you think it's finished. So you'll send it out to get formatted, and then you'll check it and you'll find typos and you'll find things you want to change and fix. And then every time you want to make a change, you have to ask the designers to do it for you. It's an unresolved problem. The easier way would just to be to do it in Word or Scrivener so you can make your own changes. That's probably fine if you're self-publishing on a budget. But if you want to make a really high-quality product, it's better to make sure the book is really finished, go over it a bunch of times, print it out and proofread it. And then when it's really ready to go, you can hire someone. Um, I hire people on Fiverr.com a lot. If you send them the Word file and ask them to lay it out for print or to use InDesign, it can cost $20 or $50 for them to finish. So it's really not, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Right, okay. And you, get, you can get things done to a fairly high standard using Fiverr. You can if you know what you want. Those providers, they have the skills, but they don't really have the design sense. So if you just have them do it, by themselves, it may not be great, 
but if you send them some pictures of another book's layout that you like or um, some samples that are really good or a template that's really good, they can use the design of the template or the example and copy it and make something good quality. Okay, and um, what about um, things like images within a book? Um, because there are certain self-publishers that um, maybe only give you so many images that you can include within a, a book. I guess it depends on file type, um, and whether you're producing maybe just the book as a whole, as a PDF. Um, do you have any thoughts on that at all? I don't know that there's many instances when you need to put a picture in a book. I guess for some business books, you want to have high quality graphics made. So you might be inserting some of those. If you pay someone, they, they usually charge per image because it's more effort to add in the images and make sure they look okay. Um, it makes the file sizes much bigger. I have, I just did a book that's a fiction, it's a novel, but they put in like a hundred photos of different things that kind of highlight what they're talking about. So like they go to a coffee shop and there's a picture of coffee in the book. I don't think that really needs to be done. Um, and it made it a lot more effort than it would have otherwise been. It's kind of the same thing with formatting. It's if you don't know what you're doing, it's not so easy to do, especially to add those pictures to like the ebook. Um, it can be done. It just if you can avoid it, it's probably better. Okay, and and it's also um, tough in terms of file size if you're producing a, a file for the Kindle, and um, then obviously um, to cater towards the the lowest possible denominator, you have to have a fairly low quality image, and, and that's not necessarily going to add any value to your book, so you have to question whether or not it's really worthwhile to include it or not. Right, I have a book about kind of how to do book formatting, and in the book I have a whole bunch of screenshots about using the software to to do everything the right way, which is okay. But in the ebook, all those pictures are really too small. You can't see them on an ebook reader. So they're there, but I just have a link and I say, you really should go download the PDF because you can actually see it. Because in the ebook, it's not really that useful. Okay, so where are the, the most effective places to publish a book now? Um, is it. Um more worthwhile to actually still have a hard copy book and use a self-publishing service such as CreateSpace? Or would you recommend another self-publishing platform? Or perhaps can you sell more copies and maybe even make more profit by focusing on Kindle or another ebook publishing um, network? Kindle is the easiest and the fastest. So if you want to build up your platform quickly, I wouldn't try to spend a lot of money to launch a book. I would put out a lot of small projects on Kindle that are really easy to make. Usually your print book will sell maybe one print book for every 25 ebooks, but you're getting a little bit more money for those print books and some people they'll still order the print books. So it's worth having. It's just to do a print book is a lot more effort. So if you have to like schedule an extra 6 months to your to do your print book, I wouldn't do that. I would just put out the ebook so it's up and people can start buying and reviewing it. And then if you want to work on a print book, you can later. I do it if I if I have something of substantial quality and content. If it's long enough, I'll make a print book. But if it's something small, I won't even bother because I know it won't sell very well. And most people are going to buy the ebook. In terms of where to publish, I usually just go with Kindle. And there's an argument that uh, Mark Coker, who runs Smashwords, his argument is that you should have your book everywhere. If you're going to sell a product, you don't want it in one store. You want it in every store everywhere because more people are going to find it. That's true. So you can use Smashwords, which delivers your ebook to all the different ebook sites so that people with different 
uh, ebook devices can download your book, but Kindle is still much bigger than every other platform. So, for example, Kindle has its um, KDP Select, which is a three-month exclusive contract. You can only publish on Kindle, but it gives you some extra benefits, like offering the book for free for five days. And often, because Amazon is such a big platform, and because they are so good at selling things to the right people, they're very active at connecting your content, your product, with the people who are going to buy your product. I usually go with Amazon just because I know they're going to work so much harder to sell my book than those other platforms. But it's a it's a choice, and uh, ultimately, probably like I would do three months on Kindle, and then I would put it on Smashwords to put it everywhere else. I remember testing Smashwords a while back, you know, but. Um... Um, this was a few years ago and it wasn't my main focus and I didn't really know what I was doing with that, you know, so maybe sold a few copies of it. And, and I guess the challenge is maybe comparable with video. Uh, if you're uploading a video, then obviously you're going to want to upload it to YouTube. But um, is it really worthwhile uploading it to Vimeo and um, all the other video sites as well? Um, and is it going to take just, just too much effort for the amount of views that you're going to get? So similar kind of thing mm. with, with book publishing. Exactly. Um, the difference is with YouTube, Google owns YouTube. So they're going to promote YouTube over any other video platform. So if like when I'm doing videos, I'm only going to do YouTube because if anybody's searching for anything my YouTube video would show up even if it was on 50 other video platforms. And I don't want 50 pages of results for my video because I want my other content to show up too. Um, so for me, just YouTube is fine. But for eBooks, the problem is a lot of people, they have iPads or iPhones and you can get a Kindle app, but you can also buy something on iBooks. And iBooks, a few years ago, it wasn't nearly a competitor, but right now, iBooks and Kindle are about 50-50, and a lot of people have and prefer Apple products. So it's kind of, um, you probably want to put your eBooks on Apple, on iBooks, and Kindle if you can, because those are the two main platforms. Right, okay. I mean, I've certainly never published um, a book through iBooks as well. Um, my understanding was that um, technically it was a little bit more challenging um, to get a mm-hmm. book on there, and probably because the, the overall design of it had to be um, a little bit nicer. Um, is, is that um, perhaps not completely correct? or um... Um, Not completely. It has to be an EPUB, and it can be the standard EPUB you use everywhere else. The problem is it's not easy to publish on an Apple by yourself. You have to get a publisher's account. They're making it easier, and I believe Apple has a, probably a free platform called, uh, I don't know, iTunes Author or something. But you have to have a Mac computer to use it. So I have a lot of books that I can't publish directly because I'm not a Mac user, which is frustrating. But um, I can put them on Smashwords. Smashwords will put them on Apple for me. Um, and I lose 10% or so with Smashwords. But if I'm publishing directly with iTunes, I probably have to pay maybe $100 a year anyway for that service. So I, for me, Smashwords is good enough to get on iTunes. I mean, I'm certainly finding the Apple App Store really good for, um, it was Digital Marketing Monthly Magazine, but now Digital Marketing Radio Magazine. And um, yes, um, I, I do have to have the app updated using a Mac, but um, mm-hmm. I have someone else that can do that for me. And um it certainly drives you know a decent volume of downloads and a decent volume of sales as well, and um, certainly more 
sales than I've made um, by publishing on Kindle in the past. But um, it, it, it could just be because of the way I'm, I'm using the service and perhaps I'm more comfortable with and something you focus on more, you tend to like more and, and you tend to make more money off, I suppose. Right. Uh, with Kindle, because to be competitive, you really have to price your books very low. Mm. So it's not the ideal place to make a lot of money unless you're writing extremely popular fiction genres or you have a lot of books. The people who are making a lot of money, they're writing best-selling genres like dystopian or romance, and they have 10 or 20 books. So even if they're only a couple dollars each, you can sell a lot of copies. If you're writing nonfiction, it's much harder to make that kind of money because there's there's not a huge readership. However, Kindle is really good for, for lead gen. I put out a lot of little books just to introduce people to my myself, my platform, and then they can come get on my email list, and then I can sell them other courses or other products. And Kindle's just an easy way for me to to get out there and to have people know what I'm doing. And um, do you think there's still always going to be a place in the future for publishers to um, get your published through your book published through a third party, or will self-publishing become the norm? It's changing pretty quickly. I don't think there will be a place in the future for traditional publishers. And what traditional publishers are still doing is they're curating um, culture. So they're not looking, they don't treat themselves like a business. They're not looking for the bestseller that's going to make a lot of money. They're looking for the cultural masterpiece because if they spend a lot of money and get that author, if they sign with that author, that makes their company more relevant and trusted as a source, which means they'll sell more of other books. But we don't really need those culture curators anymore because people just find everything themselves directly and they'll buy whatever they like. Instead of traditional publishers, what you have now is author services because authors can self-publish very easily, but they can't produce a good quality book by themselves unless they have all the right skills and the, and the software. So you have people like me who I offer book cover design and I get lots of clients who need professional quality design, but they don't need a publisher to take, you know, 70% of their earnings. They just need to pay someone to make a book cover so that they'll earn more money. Okay, so um, authors will still need book publishing services in the future. I, I guess that'll include book promotional services as well, because it's easy enough to get a book published. But the next step after that, of course, is um, just because you publish doesn't mean necessarily that people go to buy the book. So, so how do you make it more likely that um, you're going to drive sales to begin with? Um, the hard thing about marketing is that most authors finish the book first and then they say, okay, I'm done. I better think about my author platform or how I'm going to market. By that time, it's way too late, um, usually because they've a lot of authors, they don't consider who's going to read it. They write whatever they want to write and they just assume that some people are going to want to buy it later. Um, if you were looking at it as a business, any business person will tell you, you should never spend a lot of time building a product unless you know if anybody's going to buy it. You have to focus on you know, who wants this thing and, you know, how much is it going to earn? Otherwise, it can be a big waste of time. Um, the thing about marketing is you can't really pay someone else to do the marketing for you. You could, you know, 10 years ago when radio or book reviews, newspapers, um, getting on TV, when that was a big deal. But right now, the thing that sells books is getting featured on blogs that have a big following and you can't really do that unless you build your own platform and you ha you build those relationships by yourself. So to sell a lot of books, you really have to build your platform. 
and get a lot of followers and connect with other bloggers who have a lot of followers. And that's stuff that you can't really, you can't really have an assistant do that for you because that you need that personal connection. You need to have friends who you can, you know, say, Hey, can you share my book? If you're trying to hire someone else to email that blogger for you, that's never going to work because the blogger is not going to, they're not probably going to write back to your assistant and work something out, which is hard because authors, they need to market and they don't know how to do it. And they're ready to spend a lot of money. But if you spend money on a marketer, after that marketer stops working, your books will stop selling. So they might sell a lot of copies while they're spending the money, they're doing advertising, they're, they're booking you places. But when all that stops, when you stop paying for their effort, you still don't have anything. You don't have your own platform, your own traffic, or your own reputation, or the relationships with other bloggers. So it's kind of, I know I don't do book marketing myself because I don't like taking advantage of people. And um, <laughs> it's not that, it's not always taking advantage. I'm sure that book marketers can sell the books. It's just that I don't think it's the best use of the money. And a lot of books, you can push, you can push really hard and they just weren't meant to be bestsellers because the readership just isn't that big. So you can spend $10,000 pushing it and you'll never make that money back in book sales because it doesn't catch on or there's not that many people who want to read it. You have to really be um, a professional networker um, if you want to have a successful book because you've got to have those relationships yourself and um, you can't really rely on other people for that. There are, I'm sure there are, there are people you could pay who would do amazing jobs, but book marketers always say up front that they don't guarantee any sales. So they'll work hard for you, but there's no guarantee. Um, and it's risky. If you're going to do it, you've got to make sure you know someone who has a proven track record, and you have to make sure your book is marketable. Because if it's not a marketable book with the market, spending the money isn't really going to matter. And it's also, it depends. If it's, if it's your one book, it's your only book, and especially if it's lead gen, so you publish the book to build your own business platform, in that case... It's all right to hire a marketer to do a big media campaign for it just to get the book out there because it's everything they do is business coming back to you. So you're earning money in other ways. But otherwise, if you just have the book and you don't have any other ways of making money, it's unlikely you'll make the money back in book sales unless you have lots of books and you're building a platform so that even if this book doesn't really make it, you know, in five years when you have 20 books and you have a huge platform, then you'll start making a lot of money. Okay, well, that's a summary of where book publishing is at the moment. But um, now it's time to move on to part two of our discussion. And that focuses on your thoughts on where digital marketing today is, um, where it's been and, and where it's going. So um, starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Probably WordPress because I use it on almost all my websites and it's just so easy to set up a blog and get a really nice looking template and get all the plugins I need to make it do anything I want. Um, I know people who they don't start their business because they think they have to invest a lot of money in a website and they want it to be perfect. But really, I just made a website today um, for a friend of mine and it took me an hour and you just buy a domain name and put up WordPress and add a site and it can look very good, you know, with very little effort so that you have an online presence and you have that that website because you have to have a platform before you do anything. You have to have a place on the web on the internet that's your own. But then in terms of marketing, I know that 
guest posting is so powerful, but I don't really do that. I'm starting to use YouTube. I just got into um, Google Hangouts Live because I know that's the new, if you do live on air videos, those will show up over regular YouTube videos and YouTube videos are already really powerful. So that's kind of something I'm just starting to experiment with is the making the videos. Um, Software-wise, I use a lot of, I mean, for my business, I use Photoshop and I use InDesign. Um, I use Scrivener sometimes, and I use for ebooks. I use Caliber sometimes. I use Sigil. Sigil's an ebook editor for my design stuff. But otherwise, all my businesses. Well, I've also used Optimized Press for landing pages. I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? The first mistakes I kept making is I was just focusing on my personal interests. So I had a personal interest side about philosophy. I had one about my oil paintings. Um, To build a business that makes money, you have to offer people something that they want. And it can't just be about you and promoting yourself. So you have to solve problems. You have to help people. That's the first mistake I made. So when I finally figured that out, I started my, my main brand now is Creativity. I started that website, I bought the domain, but then I waited like a year to do anything with it because I didn't really know what I was going to do. I wasn't happy with the theme. So I would have started much earlier posting content. It takes a couple years before, even before you know what you're doing. So you kind of have to just struggle for six months and keep posting before you figure out who your audience is and what kinds of things you should be talking about, what kind of things get traffic Best advice I've ever received. What is the best piece of digital marketing advice that you've ever received? Probably it's the recent advice to start using Google Hangouts Live because I'm not really into podcasts, so that's not my thing, but I can take all the same content that I have. Um, I just wrote a book about 100 publishing questions. I can make 100 YouTube videos answering those publishing questions, Mm. and I'll I'll bring a flood of traffic to, to build my platform. That's a great strategy, certainly. I mean, I'm, I'm at the moment, um, my video or one of my videos is number one on YouTube for the keyword phrase digital marketing. Um, so ov- obviously that uh, brings in a lot of traffic. Um, however, um, I would have uh, that that video that's uh, ranking number one for that phrase is actually over an hour and a half long. Um, if I'd have wow. recorded a um, hundred different videos in different topics, um, but for the same length of time in total, that probably would have brought in a lot more traffic as well. So that's that's probably a better strategy. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to have both. Most people they're not going to sit and listen to an hour and a half video. Um, Interestingly, and unless they pay for it, if it's free content, they won't sit and watch it if it's free. But if they're paying $300 to watch <laughs> the same video, they're going to sit through and they're going to listen to every word. So for me, like I'm going to put out a lot of short, you know, one to five minute videos, but then I'll start building a, a package of longer videos that are really detailed and really go through all the steps you need to take because I can sell that as a, a bigger course. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Email or Twitter? Twitter. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Uh, affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? 
one-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Contact form. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Global marketing. Okay, let's go on to the $10,000 question, which is if I was to give you $10,000 and to spend on a single digital marketing activity over the next few days, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? It's an interesting question. I don't necessarily believe you can buy the things that you need to make a book really successful. Um, Actually, what I would do, like if I had that money, um, I would go to Austin or I'd go to some of these big conferences where there are a lot of people because you really need you need the face-to-face connection you need to make relationships with those bloggers who can really sell your book um so to use it on like next month I'm going to Bangkok to go to a conference but also to I, I want to live a, a couple weeks in Chiang Mai because there's just a lot of entrepreneurs there who are very successful who have their own businesses and they're running their blogs so I couldn't buy their attention. I couldn't buy my way onto their website. But if I can hang out with them for a couple of weeks and be friends with them, it'll be really easy to sell my book. So kind of in any way that you can, you need to find a way to to make those kind of relationships. I don't think you can really spend the money. You could spend it just on advertising. And, you know, that works to some extent. You could do $10,000 with the Facebook advertising and you would sell a ton of books. You could probably get on the bestsellers list. But after the advertising stop, if people don't like the book, it, it'll all dry up. I have a saying that if you promote a bad book, it'll just make you fail faster. A lot of authors, their their book just isn't good enough and it, it, the quality isn't there. They don't have a good website. Um, they don't have any reviews. So when they're spending money, they're actually shooting themselves in the foot. They're They're negatively impacting themselves because they're getting this attention to their platform and it's unprofessional or they don't have a nice book cover. Or maybe just the book isn't that good. So it's you kind of have to test slowly, spend a little bit of money, and make sure it works, make sure people are buying it, make sure they're leaving good reviews. And then you can spend a lot of money after you fix it up. My number one takeaway. Well, Derek, you've offered a lot of um, great advice there. Um, but um, for a number one takeaway, can you perhaps think about um, someone who's maybe a marketing consultant and uh, they're thinking of publishing their first ever book. They haven't written anything yet. Um, what's the number one thing that they need to do first? Do they need to think about um, the content for the book or do they need to actually think right away about how the book will be promoted? What, what's the first thing for someone like that to do? The first thing is to make sure you know there's a market. And you can do that by writing some short blog posts and doing some Facebook posts to see if people like that content. If people like it and they comment on it and share it, then you know you have a book. Um, you don't want to just write a book and not know if anyone's going to want it. So you got to make sure there are people who like this topic who are ready to buy it. Wonderful. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. Thank you so much for your time, your focus and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Um, my blog is creativity.com. You can put that up on your webpage. It's pretty easy to find. I mostly talk about publishing, but I'm also talking about how to grow a creative career and how to use your creativity to build a business where you can make enough money to 
lead the kind of lifestyle that you want to live. But that's my main site is on there. And there's some free books about publishing and book design and formatting and stuff that you can get. Great stuff. Uh, Well, thanks again. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast, delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio.